Well, hello and welcome to the new series of Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. And, uh, well, Kiri, it's, uh, I suppose, on the farm. It's been a, a reasonable January and February, hasn't it? It really has. Compared to last year, Simon, where we had frozen pipes and water buckets and hose pipes running from houses and bringing water to the sheep sheds and not being able to turn stock out, it's been an absolute phenomenal start to 2019. Yeah, we Very spoke, grateful. Yeah, we spoke about it at the end of the last series. I mean, the year that we'd had and the worry that was going to go, you know, with the with there was no grass and everything was burnt to a cinder. But my word, the old uh, Isle of Man has did us proud with the the recovery for the grass and the fields, hasn't it? It really has, and it's still growing now. Ten degrees there today, and oh, it's it's making life so much easier for the farmers. And with the shortage of the silage and the fodder and the straw that we had at the back end there, the worries are slowly starting to slip away. I know winter's far from over, but it does shorten it when the weather is as good as this, Simon. Yeah, and of course, uh, some people uh, lambing at the moment as well, and I suppose perfect conditions for that. Absolutely perfect. Mm. Some of the pedigree breeders are now starting with their stock, but some of the early fat lamb producers, lambs are running around in the fields there, especially on the north of the island, and doing exceptionally well. And uh, you've been at uh, an evening organised by Chris Neal from the Rural Business Consultancy, uh, where they had some guest speakers from off-island. Chris brings some great speakers mm. over, award winners normally, and it's great to see the highs and lows of becoming a, a champion young farmer. And one thing that these uh, young people did put, put through to the audience that night, a full house at Timmel Mill, Simon, was positivity. You know, strive forward. If you've got determination, uh, you can make it. And um, it was great to hear from Barclays there, willing to support the young farmers and their views on Brexit too. Yeah, and a very happy Tim Baker, MHK, who was there on the evening as well. I went to Milntown because uh, they had an, an afternoon of... Uh, trying to recruit volunteers to help out with the wonderful house and grounds uh, at that spot at Lazare and it really is a gem and they have got quite a few uh, volunteers to help out at the moment but just seeking a few more that uh, they'd like to get involved and I suppose you know it really is a gem that if you're interested in that sort of thing that you you got the chance to to help out Mm -hmm. explain to other people and visitors plus learn a lot more for yourself. That's right and their vegetable garden they've got there in the walled area it's, it's so productive seeing all the tomatoes and the different raspberries and strawberries that they've got growing in you'll have to have a few yourself but uh, it just shows a lot of love has gone into it because it's well looked after by the volunteers it is all right that's all in this week's countryside so sit back and enjoy <laughs> It's really great to have visiting farmers to the island with their fresh approaches and their ideas because you're never too old to learn. And that evening organised by Chris Neal, the Rural Business Consultancy, was, was great alongside Barclays as well. And I caught up with one of the visitors, Tom Jones, who writes weekly in the Farmer's Guardian and uh, heard his views and positive thoughts as you being a young farmer. Tom Jones, this is the first visit to the Isle of Man. How does it compare to back home? It would be North Wales, is it? Yeah, yeah, we're just, well, Mid Wales, North Wales, just there. Um, oh, it's a cracking place. Yeah, yeah, lovely place and a, a great welcome. Um, it's not dissimilar in the way you're yeah. visiting farms today as in, you know, very much sheep, beef sort of focus. And and uh, like you say, it's, it's lovely rolling countryside, which perhaps we don't see as much of in, in uh, well, where, where we're farming, we're slightly hillier. But um, the wind is about the only thing that I think it, <laughs> I would uh, 
I would perhaps struggle with. He said today, as we, every time he got out of the car, I got out of the house, he thought, oh, it gets windy at home and you think, but Christ, the wind was cold. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's very true. It's been the coldest, probably it's been for a long time, but we're not missing the rain. Like you'll know in Wales, it's, it's probably yeah. one of the wettest places in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have pretty high rainfall uh, patch of ground. I mean, we're up around that 100 inches now, 80, 80 to 100 every year. Um, but then, you know, I'd rather be with rain than without it to a certain degree it, uh, yeah. you can't grow grass without without some sort of rain so um it, it sort of suits us and the type of farm that you have tom you know you range from the, the full hill farm to to the lowland ground there you'll probably see the rainfall will affect especially this summer with the drought it, it would have been very different across the whole of your farm oh it was massive differences really um give me the hills any day on a lot of fronts um the the lowland especially because it's so dry yeah. did really really suffer um stock seemed to store themselves quite well we were, we were quite lucky on that front um we maintained really just a pretty well a forage only sort of system but but we did carry a lot of sheep through into the winter uh, that we perhaps shouldn't have been but um but yeah and again like, like you said in the hills the the wet the wet ground really lends itself to a dry summer um and we're very lucky to have a mix yeah, a mix of ground. It's um, you know you can moan about summer at any time of the year, whether it's wet or dry. But it's nice to have a mix of, of everything. And how did you get into farming? You've spent a lot of time in New Zealand shearing sheep over the years. Family business. Yeah, yeah, family farm. Um, be the third generation on the on the family farm now. My grandfather bought it back in the fifties, and it's been expanded ever since, really, uh, by him, and then my dad, and then by myself now. Um, I farmed with my dad. Um, did have a there was a brief crossover period where I farmed. Uh, my grandfather was there as well, but there was, wasn't a massive influence on us. But um, but yeah, to be honest, we've always tried to we've all put our put our own stamp on the business yeah. and the way we've changed. And yeah. and um, to be fair, dad changed it to a polar opposite <laughs> system to my grandfather, and I've changed it to a polar opposite yeah. one from him. So it's it's nice to see everyone can put their own stamp on the, the place. We're all lucky. We can we're still trying to leave some. For the next generation that's the main main this focus and within wales i see there's a lot of help um with subsidies for the environmental side of things diversification seems to be a buzzword as well and, and your farm in particular tom you ha have the forty thousand rear and pheasants and that, that's a diversification on its own yeah yeah it was it was uh, new to this year um we'd we'd always try to look at op options and and things like that but at the same time we were traditionally a sheep and beef farm and the we always really wanted to stay a sheep and beef farm. We always wanted cattle on the farm as well. Um, we, we, we've always looked at alternatives. Yeah. And it's about branching out into sort of the, the sporting, I don't know what the industry you call it, sporting or the, or the tourism side of things, really really sort of fitted the bill for us. There's, it's a big, big attraction to, to Mid Wales, the, the yeah. shooting. And it did lend itself very, very well to the farm. And it, you know, there's a lot of plus points of it, and no, no capital outlay and things like that, um, and, a, and a sort of reasonably guaranteed sort of income, which suited us. Um, and a lot of, lot to do with sort of succession, giving, like you said, dad, uh, some extra to do, just to, you know, it, it's all very well us as young farmers wanting to take over the, the business, but we can't, we can no right really to force the previous generation out for no reason. So it's nice to, to keep them busy i suppose is the right word isn't uh, it from and under your feet yeah well no we to be fair like we get on we're pretty good we we both probably bite our tongues a lot and, and bicker a lot to a certain degree um and that's probably come with age as well a little bit we 
be a bit more tolerant. Yeah. It's probably perhaps okay. 10 years ago, we'd have had a very different relationship if we worked together. And I think it's perhaps the fact that we went away from home for quite a bit and you sort of earned your stripes, maybe however you want to put it, um, does does stand you in, in good stead. And uh, to, to come home and um, hopefully hopefully take it on as well, like in it, it's... Uh, but yeah, I know we get on pretty pretty well, really. And how do you see a young person coming into agriculture now? Is there lots of opportunities? Yeah, there's talk of Brexit, a lot of negativity around. You know, how are you getting through that as a young farmer yourself? Oh, to be honest, I wasn't really too worried about the Brexit. Um, I was doing. I was. I wasn't worried about coming out, and I wasn't really worried about staying in. We just, um, you know, we were focused on what we were wanting to do, re regardless. Really, I mean, we. You know, it's often said you can't really control anything outside the farm gate and it's never more true now so mm -hmm. hopefully we're proactive enough and adaptable enough um, to change I mean we're very lucky we're, it's a, the base of the family farm um, but as a young person coming in now I mean hopefully I think if they if they're positive and, you, and you're looking for the opportunities you'll see them and I think if once you let any sort of negativity or doubts or perhaps you're pessimistic about mm -hmm. things you're probably not in the right job to yeah. be honest with you, it's always going to be hard work where they have yet to know farming to be an amazing, have an amazing time yeah. financially. So I don't think anything's going to change anytime soon. It's always going to come back to hard work and, and perseverance, really, isn't it? Yeah. And this, I'm having people like Oliver from Barclays here tonight and, and other advisors, you know, doing benchmark and, and, and costs. You know, is that a real benefit to, to agriculture now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, you know, we work pretty closely with the banks. Oh. Yeah. yeah, when you're borrowing money, you're working closely with them, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Um, and they're pretty proactive in encouraging to this sort of stuff. And, and it's, it's a need to now, really, as well. And it's something that's probably come in during Dad's generation and even and more so with mine now, as in your, your sort of, uh, not your accountability, but your justification for, for lending money, especially as, as times get um, get harder. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it's great to work with the, work with the banks. I mean, we're all in business, and, and they want our business as much as, as we want uh, support. Um, you know, so I, it, it's a it's an enjoyable sort of relationship, really. And you hope, you know, there as with with challenges coming up that are out of our control. I mean, they're going to be as forward thinking as anybody is, as uh, you know, if the worst case happens, you know, um, the the best way out of it or to deal with it, really, managing risk and, and stuff like that. You know, it's a it's, I enjoy the meetings of the bank. We probably come become from a from a farmer point of view a lot better at meeting with our bank people and and speaking their sort of language a little bit more. It was a perhaps a bit of a learning curve. And evenings like tonight for farmers to get together and talk about things, they can pick up new ideas. You know, they're they're all in the boat together. You know, you're not on your own, are you, in agriculture? Oh no, no, I don't think. Uh, especially now with social media and things like that, you never never far away from advice or just uh, you know when they talk start talking about uh, uh, mental health things like that. that's a big big key at the minute like isn't it it's uh, you know it, it's a massive massive boost it's, it's a lonely lonely profession at the best of times and and uh, I, I think like you say we're all in the same boat and it's great to to speak to other farmers at the end of the day or wherever you are and you've all had problems or you're not the only one that's everything's so you've had a, a terrible day so it's uh, it yeah, really suits yeah no and um you know, and, and nights like this, like it's great to get groups. Uh, you know, you don't all have to agree and all that sort of stuff. But the idea is, you, you know, you can pick up with the same room when you're attending meetings and groups, and and uh, you know, it might only be you might be listening to a, a pig farmer or something like that. But just ideas, and it's just something you might never have thought about 
Absolutely. you pick up is great. You can you can never be worse off from learning more really. Oliver McIntyre, this is your second visit back to the Isle of Man after last year's great success we had with the um, Rural Business Consultancy Group. Um, Barclays has been supporting agriculture for many years now. Yeah, we've been supporting the industry for 270 odd years, um, you know, and, and, and acting as a bank as, uh, you know, for 327. So, you know, current questions in the UK is what the bank's going to do about Brexit, what's, what's Barclays' view. Uh, what I can tell you is that in that time, you know, 1744, first agricultural deal that we can find. It might have been earlier than that, yeah, but that's no. the one we can find. <laughs> you know, if you look at what's happened over that time, we've had Napoleonic Wars, endless popes, monarchs, world wars, all the confrontation of the last 20, 30 years in the world. And, you know, we weren't in the EU, we're in the EU, uh, you know, potentially we will be out of the EU shortly. You know, we're still going to be here, we're still going to be supporting profitable, viable farmers looking to the future. And you know what it is from your background in agriculture, Oliver? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, there's tough love out there some days in all industries and we mustn't shy away from that, you know. Um, yeah, I, it, no secret, I grew up on a, a pig farm. We were quite highly geared. My dad was a first-generation farmer. Uh, you know, we weren't competitive enough. We had a little bit too much borrowed money probably because we'd have to borrow everything to get in. Uh, you know, and now we, now we don't have a farm. You know, that, that's life, that's reality. You know, if you want to continue farming, you've got to be in that top third of the performers from a financial point of view uh, and you've got to keep improvising, got to keep looking for diversification adding value and most of all you've got to be looking to be really efficient at what you produce this is true and some of your slides here tonight uh, oliver we're comparing britain with new zealand now we always get told that new zealand are leading the way you know your slides didn't really paint that picture well, the, the slides I used tonight were, were painting the picture from a banking perspective. So as an industry, it, it's, a, it's, it's a real fag packet type calculation, but it gives us an idea. As an industry, UK farming is low, more lowly geared than New Zealand farming. If you look at the return, the, the, the gross return, not profit, gross income generated from the asset base, and I'm, I'm not only using land in that example, uh, actually the return the UK farming industry gets is, is probably nearly triple that you see in New Zealand. And then if you look at the level of debt compared to the level of income, you know, the Kiwis are out there. You know, they have, there's lots to like about New Zealand agriculture. But looking at it purely from a financial gearing and some ratio point of view, you know, if you have the choice between country A and country B to bank the whole industry, you'd go with the UK. That, that is really, really good news, isn't it? Because the British farmers have to be as best prepared as they can be for March. You know, there's a lot of speculation. It's been a hard year. You know, are the British farmers in position for a change? Do you know what? It's, it's like any walk of life. Farming is no different to any other industry. There are people out there who are being really proactive, really trying to change and adapt analyzing their businesses, trying to squeeze some of that cost out, maybe looking at new markets, um, you know, and, and let's be honest, it was a 50-50 vote near enough across the population. Um, depends who you, who you see, but, you know, anything from 53 to, I've seen as high as 68% of farmers voted for Brexit. So, you know, that's higher than the national vote, which was 51-49. You know, the industry is getting what it voted for. What we must do is actually prepare for it, as you rightly say, Kiri. You know, there is a proportion of the industry that they're professional farmers, but they are very lifestyle farmers. They don't have extravagant lifestyles. They're there to, you know, there to farm. They work extremely hard. They'll always have a degree of insulation from market prices because they'll just cut their cloth. It's that kind of middle third of farmers that you know need to decide whether it's going to be a lifestyle are they going to look away from the farm 
to get some off-farm income coming in to make it more sustainable? Or are they really going to strive to be in that top third of producers? Because no matter what trade deals, no matter what happens with Brexit, the top third, top half producers in the UK will always have a market for their produce because they'll be efficient enough to sell it into the UK. Well, this is it. You see spreading risk, diversification. It, the two young farmers that we had the, the joy of hearing tonight, you know, those are go-ahead young farmers. You know, what piece of advice would you give to a young farmer now? Uh, if I'm honest, um, uh, you know, if we're looking at Isle of Man farmers, Manx farmers, uh, they should have been here tonight because they'd missed two really inspirational speakers, uh, especially Radiant. You know, Tom Tom was really interesting as well, but he, you know, by his own admission, he, he's, he's walked into a family farm there. He's made changes, he's made it more viable, but Radiant actually set off, you know, his parents were teachers, grandparents were farmers. Uh, you know, he set off down a route. He started with, uh, I think it was 15 sheep in a three-acre field full of bracken and rock was his exact <laughs> description. You yeah, know, and he's, yeah. he's worked really hard. He's, worked, he's held down two jobs. He's done his farming. But what he does do is he constantly analyzes his business. You know, he's looking at DNA testing. He's looking at performance testing, you know, selling progeny, selling tups, looking where to add that value. And not just that, but also his breed efficiency and his use. So, you know, really impressive farmers. The main thing is, is just, if you want a career in farming, Yep, it's all about farming, uh, but there are other industries you can get involved with as well that are connected to the industry, and that maybe that'll be a way in. But you know, if you think you're 21 and you're going to walk into a bank and say, "Can I borrow the money to buy a farm?" I'm afraid the answer is probably going to be no. So, how would they be able to get that money? What what advice would you give them if they were approaching you? They they were desperate. They've, they're a good working person. Well, uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, you know, everything is a long burn. You know, and and. As I've said tonight, you, you do not get anywhere if you, unless you're prepared to work hard. So I can confidently predict, I think within the next 15 to 20 years, Ridian will be in a position to buy a farm because he's started very small. He's building his asset base up. It might not be as big a farm as he's renting now, but he will end up buying his own farm. And, uh, you know, I, 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 to be honest, I hope I see that because he really, of, of all the people I've met, you know, in the last two or three months, he really deserves that, that opportunity. And Barclays are going to be here to back the next generation. Uh, we're always here, you know, 1744, uh, 327 years in total of banking history. Yeah, yeah, we'll be here. Um, we need to see people who are viable for their own safety. We can't keep funding loss-making businesses. All that does is eat into people's net worth. But, you know, for those viable businesses that are moving forward, yeah, we'll be here. We're going nowhere. That was Oliver McIntyre of Barclays and Tom Jones from North Wales. I also caught up with Tim Baker at the end of the meeting to hear his views on the positive young farmers and what they thought of the Isle of Man. Tim Baker, it's lovely to see you here tonight at this meeting. It's a long time since the farmers have got together and to have two great young speakers there with positivity is always good for the Isle of Man. Absolutely, I think it's been a great night yet again. The second year that uh, that Rural Business Solutions, Chris Neal and Barkers have put this on. They're both times they brought really inspirational young speakers over from actually both from Wales both both times and they've really uh, demonstrated positivity and, and, and um, showing that you can make a future as a, a young farmer in uh, whatever climate that you that you're facing by the way you approach it and by innovating and being prepared to you know work hard and try try, try different things and yeah it's, it's been great I think the turnout the standing room only in here which is probably even more here than there was last year and what struck me Kiri was how many younger younger farmers um, and, and farming families were, were, were here uh, which has to be good this is it and especially with the big Brexit looming you know it is it is a buzzword around the place we don't know what's going to come of it and it is nervous times but the farmers will survive if they're business focused and forward thinking. 
Absolutely. I mean, we've we've got challenges. We don't know where it's going. We have to deal with what we can what, what we can control and make, try and make the right decisions and work collaboratively. So it's it's a bit like the, the the drought scheme last last year when there was things that were outside farmers' control, but we found a way through it. You know, uh, government stepped up to help. The farmers have helped themselves. Some innovative things um, done, and actually we've we've come through it. So. You know, that's what we have to do with Brexit. We have to, we have to embrace it. We can't change it. Um, we've got to try and play our hand collectively um, as a sector and as an island as a whole uh, by working together as best we can. This is it. The farmers are pretty resilient people, but like you say, we don't know what's ahead. It, it is going to be challenging times. You know, everybody has to get together. It's that, it's that time where you, you've got to chat to your neighbours. You've got to be focused on your, your benchmarking. You might have to go out there and do something a little bit different on your farm. People have talked about diversification tonight. You know, it, it's all these avenues that have to be explored. It, it is, yeah. I mean, that's one of the key messages. There's no, there's no single bullet solution for, the, for, the, for these issues, um, but there are some common themes. And I think, you know, a positive, uh, positive approach, um, adopting new techniques like benchmarking, uh, working collaboratively as well for me is, is one of the strong themes that, 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 that comes out of it. And learning, you know, uh, one of the speakers, Tom, Tom Jones from Wales, had uh, been out to New Zealand and, um, you know, he'd, he'd really got stuck in to understand what was going on out there and, and, and take some of the practices from there. And he was very clear about how he'd adapted his own business with his uh, changing his breeds uh, of, of, of sheep and trying to move to a more... Um, deliverable and sustainable method of farming which uh, was obviously paying dividends for him so it does show if you tackle it in the right way and you, you think these things through and you, you're open to um, understanding what different things have been done elsewhere that you can very much make a, a good future and it was lovely to see Ridian as well a, a non-farming person come into agriculture and make a real go of it and it was lovely to hear Oliver McIntyre saying maybe in five ten years time that lad with the work ethic he's got and, it, and his business focus he could possibly own his own farm absolutely and it, the, the key thing that stuck out for me was it, it started with what he could get hold of himself very small I think it was 10 acres or something like that you know and um, built himself up step by step but he backed himself you know put his own money in but he, he proved that he could get hold of uh, some, some funding and then deliver his repayments against that and then um, he was able to then establish his own credibility and, and, and a track record and you know banks and, and investors want to back people who can who can deliver and you know he, he had that confidence about him that said he was somebody that had an energy and a work ethic and a, and a positivity that would um, would be backable and you need that in every in every business and agriculture is no different you know we need to be creating good futures for our young people and they need to be coming in and seeing opportunities and actually being given the, the chance and the support to, to to deliver those and i'm sure that is here on the isle of man Absolutely. I mean, the Isle of Man is full of people with incredible talent and, you know, we punch above our weight in so many areas. Um, and the, there are lots of people with energy and ideas. We have to harness that and, and, and let people get on and, and have a go. And you're starting to see that in some of the, some of the food businesses where people have been innovative and um, just, just starting maybe small but, but, but growing quite significantly. And, and yet agriculture is so core to the island. We, we, we need to see more young people coming through into it, perhaps more of a, a generational shift and um, businesses being passed on and driven by, by the younger generations. And, and I think, you know, from a government point of view and from a DEFA point of view, the desire is there to see these things, these things happen and we have to be intentional about it. That was Tim Baker, MHK. 
It was nice to, to hear um, Tom Jones and, and the people talk. The guest speakers, Chris has done well, get these people over who really, I think, inject that positiveness, you know, because, you know, you, you always think that you're, you're the hardest done by when you're in a place, particularly, I suppose, on the island where you feel a little bit trapped at times and you can't get, you know, things done the way you want them to do. But you, you listen to them, they, they have the same sort of problems, but uh, a lot of them are learning and talking together as a sort of farming community, I would say, more than they used to, and bouncing off ideas from one another. That's right. And I think nowadays, Simon, the, the, the positive thoughts is what's getting pushed through the young farmers. They're tired of the negativity and the down talking of agriculture. And if you've got the will and the determination, like the, the speaker we had, Ridian Glynn, he's an award winning new entrant. And he, through all of the odds, managed to secure a bigger farm and grow just steady away. And his progression and determination has got him to a real lo- lovely, substantial size farm now. But he says it didn't come without its hurdles. And if you're to overcome, them and it's nice to hear other people have problems as well and it's not just you you know you're not on your own and if you talk to your, your local advisors and and different people that can help you you can make it excellent you're listening to countryside here on manx radio with kiri kermit and myself simon clark well, we've all been round the grounds of Milltown and into the old house, Kerry, haven't we, oh, over the beautiful. years? It is, and uh, there one such uh, gang that loves um, to present that uh, house and gardens to the general public at any opportunity. There's loads going on there. And I went along on Sunday to find out how they're getting on on their recruitment for Volunteers Day.
There we are. Uh, some people I spoke to from Milntown who were recruiting the volunteers there. And also Tom Jones, Oliver McIntyre and our very own Tim Baker who uh, was speaking at uh, Chris Neal's uh, evening there, where he got some... some. It's great to get the interesting views of people off the island, isn't it? Because all helps. Oh, it really does. Mm. And especially having the banks behind you, you know, it's a good support to know what way they want to do. And they're willing to support the farmers, especially the young farmers. You know, give them a start and uh, attention to detail, business planning and, and good programming, and, and they're willing to back you. There we go. We'll be back next week, but this it from this week's Countryside. Kerry and myself will back uh, next Tuesday and you can hear it of course on the podcast again from Tuesday or Wednesday it will be. Alright so from me Simon Clark and me Kerry Kermit. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye.